Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. I'm glad you're excited about Bobby Babbage's defensive coordinator. If you're going to make me the guy, I want to call the plays. No! Mike Danger. Sean McDermott is a control freak. And I think everybody kind of recognizes that the Bills' defense, with Sean McDermott calling the plays, looked like a better defense with Sean McDermott having that additional level of control. To give that up, he's going to give up that element of his job and, and hand it over to a guy who's never done it before? Feels like a bit of a reach. Gene Bataglia. It's not just calling the plays. That's what we as fans and the media will focus on. It's a big deal. But it's, it's the game plan going into the week. That's kind of what Bobby Babbage should be entrusted. I want Bobby Babbage rolling his sleeves up and figuring out, all right, how do we defend here? Bobby Babbage? Mm. That's a strong name. We can now refer to the offense and defense as Bobby Joe. We'll see what kind of condition the Sabres are in as a team because they've been better. More consistently inconsistent. Amherst Crunch starting at 7 tonight. Playing Syracuse as many times as we've had to play them over the last three years has made us a better team. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. Welcome back into the Sports Bar. Danger and Bataglia. Happy to have you with us and listening along at 95.7 FM AM 950. The free to download Odyssey app. Don't forget about our stream, our YouTube channel at The Fan Rochester and streaming on Twitch at The Fan Rochester as well. Going to talk some Buffalo Bills with WGR Sal Capaccio. You can hear Sal's part of the Bills radio network as well. Roaming those sidelines. And man, we always love getting caught up now. It's the off season. We, we don't like the circumstances. We'd much rather have you on talking about the Bills making a run to the Super Bowl, Sal. But here we are uh, talking about off-season changes. How are you, buddy? Oops. Maybe we there lost There we him. go. Sal, you there? Sal, can you hear us? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Hi, guys. Uh, hey. <laughs> Checking in on you, Sal. Just uh, making sure that you're there. Okay, so the season comes to an end. Uh, we'd rather be talking to you about the Bills making a run to the Super Bowl. We're in off-season mode. Uh, can we get your thoughts just on, on the end of the season here for the Buffalo Bills, how it ended against Kansas City? We haven't had a chance to speak with you uh, yeah. since that loss. Yeah, you got me now pretty good, right? I'm, yeah. I apologize about that, guys. My, my, my sincere apologies. I was doing 10 things at once when you got a hold of me, and I was trying to get back to you, and I, uh, technology sometimes gets in the way. You know what I mean? Oh, good. Um, anyway, so, so that said... Yeah, listen, I mean, obviously it was a devastating loss and, you know, the Bills here are, you know, a team that's had this window and they have been able to close it out and here come the big bad Chiefs again. It's, it was set up perfectly for them and they didn't do it and they didn't get it done. And you wonder if you couldn't do it this year, are you ever going to be able to do it, right? That's the thought. But my other thought is they have Josh Allen and they have a really strong organization and, you know, as much as it sucks and we're here wondering again, you know, they're going to give another run next year. And this team is still set up to be very good going forward. I never bought into last year, the window closing. Yes, there are, the window in this particular group of players is going to be different and closing and you're going to have new players. But as long as you have 17 and as, you, as long as to me, you have you know, a strong organization and leadership like they do, um, you know, they'll be back. But, you know, certainly it was. It was uh, it was tough, and I know that you know last week watching the championship games and you know seeing Baltimore, I think the Bills gave the Chiefs even a better game. I think the Bills could have gone to Baltimore and won. Yeah, I think the Chiefs have morphed over into New England territory. Like, oh gosh, can we just get somebody, anybody, but which maybe is not fair, but this is kind of our lot in life. Sal Capaccio, our guest here. Sal, if we can get your take here on the news here in the last 24 hours of the Bills uh, moving to promote Bobby Babbage. What kind of guy is, is Bobby Babbage? We, we hear some positive things, but I feel like he's somebody that we don't, know enough about he came in day one from sean mcdermott so i'm sure you've been around bobby babbage a little bit here in the last few years been around him a lot i've got to know bobby uh, pretty well and 
you know, he is a, uh, he's a guy that, you know, you don't hear a lot from him in the media because, you know, he's been a position coach. You don't hear a lot from position coaches, but last year, because the bills had Sean McDermott running the defense, he would have different defensive coaches kind of meet with the media during camp. And Bobby was one of them. He was great. You know, when he went in front of the whole media, but I've got a chance to get to know him a little bit. I know his players really, really respect him and know how smart, you know, he is and how good of a coach he is. Now let's just think about what he's been able to do. Think about this resume, right? This is a young man who, and he is still young. He's 40 years old, but he's a young man who, when he took over, you know, in safeties in 2017, he coached them for a few years. That's Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. And a few years later, the Bills had only two all pros in the whole team, both guys he coached, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. And then his dad, Bob Babbage Sr., retires from coaching linebackers. He moves to linebackers. And the first year, Matt Milano becomes an all pro. And his second year, Tremaine Edmonds has his best season as a pro and gets paid in free agency. And then last year, we saw what Terrell Bernard did. So I think that you can easily see that the resume is there. And the other part about it is, you know, the bloodlines and, and how much of a, a lifer in football he is. And, you know, his dad, Bob Babich, I don't know if people realize, but Bob Babich Sr. was the defensive coordinator for the Bears yep. when they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Colts. Yep. And he was so respected in NFL circles by his players. Bob Babich Sr. actually in, introduced uh, Brian Urlacher to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Urlacher asked him to do that. He was his position coach. Like that's the kind of football family and football person you're getting of how much um, how respected they are by the people they've coached. So I, I thought it was all fascinating how it went down. Speaking of the Bears, the, the Bills lose Eric Washington to the Bears to be their new defensive coordinator, and he's coming in with a lot of fanfare into Chicago. Uh, but you know, we had heard that Babich was interviewing for a couple of open positions to be a defensive coordinator. I mean, is this is this a matter of one or the other has? You know, we, we can only keep one of these two guys. Was one considered more valuable than the other? Uh, were you not able to retain both or find a way to keep both of them happy, or is it just a matter of Washington got the DC gig, Babich uh, was somebody that that was indispensable, and you wanted to hold on to for the future. Well, I think there's a lot of scenarios here that you could play out and think, but I think at the end of the day, you know, you think about these two gentlemen and their careers and what they might want out of their careers. And I think too much is always put on what, you know, the bills can do and keeping them. It's not, you know, it's their decision too. Right. And, you know, Eric Washington was a defensive coordinator in Carolina before he came to Buffalo and he's worked closely with Sean McDermott. Heck, he was named his assistant head coach. So, you know, they have a, I'm sure, very strong relationship, but I would be willing to bet that Eric Washington wants to be a head coach someday. He gets an opportunity to be a defensive coordinator. And even though he's not going to be calling plays, some people say, well, that's a lateral move. No, it's not. It's a coordinator. You go from position coach to coordinator in this league, that's a promotion. And if you want to be a head coach, you have to make that jump. You have to make that step. Now, the question is the right one that you raise, which is, well, what if they made him the Bills defensive coordinator? I'm sure that in the building, there was a thought that they'd like to keep Bobby Babich, and he's on a career you know, trajectory and arc that he also deserves a defensive coordinator, and you can only have one of those guys. So, yeah, people have to make their own decisions. Now, as far as Babich and you know, retaining him over going to the three places he had interviews with, Miami, New York Giants, Green Bay Packers, look, I, I would say, of course, you want to keep him in your building. There's no doubt. I would also say you're not going to make a decision just to keep him away. If, if He's only going to get this job if he deserves it and he's earned it. They're not going to make the decision just to say, well, don't go there. We, we'll, we'll give you a defensive coordinator job. You know, he, he's got to be a guy that they trust and they believe in. And I think that that is all very true. I have no idea, and maybe we'll find out down the road, if Bobby Babich had an opportunity to actually go to one of those places and they're going to offer him the job. But those teams also interviewed like six, seven guys each. So there's no slam dunk. He was even going to get offered one of those jobs. But it is – does all work out and then you wish you know eric washington well and i'm sure you know he has an opportunity here to kind of establish himself as a coordinator again and then bobby babich gets his first opportunity to do so so sal we don't know uh as far as who's going to be calling plays we'll learn this at, at some point but i'll ask you the question this way because we've been talking a little bit about uh coaching trees you know and the, the news being well belichick and reed and reed has a really good coaching tree and um, Belichick, not so much. Sean McDermott's coaching tree. How much do you think that matters to him? Because he's got Dable out there, and I would think that if we're trying to decipher, is he going to turn the keys over to, to Bobby Babich here and really make him this defense? Well, that would be a really nice branch someday, and if you want to have the best staffs, you want to move these guys up the ladder. Do you guys consider Brian Dable from the Sean McDermott tree? I kind of consider him from the uh, Bill Belichick tree, but you tell me. I don't know. It's a, it's a debate. A yeah, that, that that's fair. Um, right. I mean, we, yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's a good it's a good question, right? These guys they move around so much now. Who's on whose tree? I definitely think Babbage would be. Babbage has come up. Now Babbage was in Cleveland on the Brown staff. He was also with Sean McDermott in Carolina for a little while, but now he's, you know, Sean McDermott's defensive coordinator and kind of groomed him through position to bring him up. And I don't think it matters that, you know, Sean McDermott his tree. What I think matters to Sean McDermott, it has someone who knows his defense and can, you know, make sure that he understands everything they want to get accomplished. Let's be honest. This is still going to be Sean McDermott's defense, whether or not he's calling plays. And that is the question we don't know yet. Who's calling plays on game day? Is it Bobby Babich? Is it Sean McDermott? We don't know that. I've inquired, have not been able to get an answer from anybody. I don't know if we will anytime soon. Maybe we will at the combine coming up at the end of February. Maybe we don't for a while. And in fact, guys, if you remember last year, Sean McDermott said, during OTAs and training camp, I believe it was, when he said he was going to be defensive coordinator, he said, look, if I can't handle it, I'll give it to somebody else. Like, we have to see. We have to go through this process. I wouldn't be totally shocked if it's something like that again, which is, hey, you know what? Right now, it's going to be me. We haven't made the total determination. We're going to see how Bobby you know, feels about handling everything, and then eventually maybe he gets the play calling duties turned over to him. So I'm not really sure how all of this is going to play out, but I would say that you know, either way, the philosophy of the defense will remain what Sean McDermott and what's in his mold. What do you think, or how do you think the Bills performed with Sean McDermott calling plays versus how it looked previous with Leslie Frazier still in the fold? Because I, I think my eyes tell me that the defense played a little bit more aggressively, which we kind of thought would happen with Sean McDermott, but we also saw a couple of untimely cover zeros that, that you know, resulted in big plays that that hurt them late in games. What was your evaluation of Sean McDermott year one calling plays in this Bills defense? Well, those things are tied together. I mean, they are, he was more aggressive and he at times lived by the sword and died by the sword. And, you know, Sean said at the end of that Denver game, well, Hey, I was aggressive and I wanted to force a play. And look, I, I, we can all debate that whether he should or shouldn't, but it's just like the thing with Dan Campbell last week, right? Dan Campbell, he's so aggressive. Go for it, go for it. And then when he does something like, well, you shouldn't have done that. Well, I mean, that's who he is. That's how he's gotten here to where he is. So, yeah, I mean, I think they were more aggressive. But I think more than anything, guys, whether it was calling plays, I think Sean McDermott just did one heck of a job with this defense considering the injuries. I mean, you think about where they were after week four and five with losing Tredavious White and Matt Milano and Daquan Jones. And to still finish in the top, what, three, four in the league and, you know, points allowed, fifth, whatever it was on defense, I think it's pretty remarkable. So, yeah, I think he was more aggressive. I think, look at the sack totals. They were the Bills were one of the best teams at getting to the quarterback in the NFL. And that's without Von Miller having any impact whatsoever. So I think that speaks to what he was able to do. So, yeah, I I think he did a good job calling plays. And um, I'm interested to see. And I I think Bobby Babich is, you know, one heck of a young, good, smart coach. But it is, you know, something to ask a first-time coordinator. If you're going to ask him to do it, and if he's going to be the play caller, you know, there's no slam dunk. He's going to be great at it, especially with a ready-made defense in a Super Bowl window, right? You're not resetting the organization. They're not rebuilding here. You'd be asking somebody for the first time in his career to come in and call defense on a team that's ready to compete for a Super Bowl. And I, I think that's a that's a pretty large task, and we, we'd have to see if he's up to that. Yeah, well, Sal, this leads into kind of the off-season portion of the conversation. And listen, we listen to, to Jeremy. He's leading the choo-choo there for the, the wide receiver, but... I just point out, like, there's going to be some needs here, maybe, when we learn more when we come out of free agency. One, maybe two safeties. You you brought up Daquan Jones, and you have A.J. Epineza. You have Floyd as a free agent. You don't know what you're going to get out of Von Miller. So how would you prioritize everything? At least we'll start with the defense here. It's got to be the defensive line. It, you know, it, Would it surprise you if the Bills went defensive line in round one over wide receiver? Um... No, it wouldn't surprise me, but I think that they are fully on board with adding wide receiver and adding playmakers. I mean, they basically told us that at the end of the season press conference, the words used were, you know, explosive plays. And then Sean McDermott talked about having that in mind when it comes to player acquisition. Now let's remember there are three ways to acquire players in the NFL, right? That's through the draft, it's through free agency, and it's through trades. Free agency is going to be tough. You don't have a lot of money trading is going to be tough because you don't have a lot of money. You get the contract, but the bills do have some ammo to trade with. They're going to have 10 draft picks. So, you know, maybe they go down that road. They find something that kind of fits into what they're trying to do. But I think the draft is where you kind of have to focus and, and put that, um, you know, I think that they are probably, this is a deep wide receiver. The, draft. the reason why it wouldn't surprise me, maybe you get a couple of wide receivers in second round, third round, fourth round, somewhere in there, because this is a good deep wide receiver draft. They do need to replenish defensive tackle, 
But guys, I wouldn't push the panic button on that yet with anything because let's remember, I mean, this is a group, this is a position group that they've kind of turned over a lot over the last few years because there's always guys out there on minimum deals, on one-year deals. And I'll give you an example. Like if you, I, and let's just take both D-end D and D-tackle, right? I always think of like Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips kind of the same for something like this, which is you can, go, you can just re-sign those guys for probably one-year deals. They come back. Or you can let them go and then get, you know who you're going to replace them with? Guys you sign who are just like them on one-year deals. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're looking at. Yeah, so, so as much it would be great to get Daquan Jones back. That's going to be the tell. If Daquan, if Daquan Jones goes somewhere else as a free agent, you really do have a, more of a void there. If he doesn't, you're, you're set with your starting two defensive tackles. You're really drafting for rotation and depth. And at that point, I think, I don't really know if you're going to spend a first-round pick on it. What about safety? I mean, we heard a, an emotional Micah Hyde at the end of the season. He's taking his time and is going to try and figure out what to do. Jordan Poyer, another year older. I mean, wh- what do you think the Bills do there? And, and Taylor Rapp, who started to come on there towards the end of the season, uh, free agent as well. So what's, what's the plan for Buffalo in the secondary? Well, they have only one safety, oh, two safety, I'm sorry, two safeties under contract, and that is Jordan Poyer and DeMar Hamlin. But they're both on totally opposite sides of the spectrum here, which is Number one, Jordan Poyer at his age and the money you can save. I, at this point, I'd be kind of surprised if he's back in Buffalo, but you never know. I mean, I thought that last year, I thought he was going to go somewhere and they brought him back and they may want him and have his leadership and all that. And that would be fine. Um, Micah Hyde, you just said it like, you know, he's going to take time to evaluate, evaluate what he wants. But guys, even if Micah Hyde wants to continue playing, I'm not sure that's going to be in Buffalo. I mean, coming off the injury he's had, the neck, neck injury, the neck surgery last couple of years, um, his age, I'm not sure. You heard Brandon Bean say they've got to get younger at some positions. I think that's right there at safety. That's probably what you're looking at. Taylor Rapp is going to be a free agent, but to me, you can go to Taylor Rapp. If, you, if you're going to move on from Hyde and Poyer, which I think they could do both of them, Taylor Rapp's going to be the starting safety. You can go from a starting safety job. Now, he may want money to you know, be in line with that, which might make it more difficult. I think Cam Lewis is a guy that you, know, you don't want to lose. He's very versatile. He can really help you. He might have to be a starting safety next year. And I'm actually okay with that. I think that Cam Lewis you know, can be a starting safety. Right now, though, he's so versatile. That's his best role is to be the guy who's a backup nickel, a backup uh, safety to commit on dime packages. So they do have to do some stuff there. And I don't want to forget about DeMar, but to me, he, you know, last year he was a roster bubble player. And he's a good depth piece, and he's on a rookie contract. And you, know, you keep him around as a depth piece, and you know, you, he can help you in a, in a pinch, but I don't think there's any certainty he even makes the roster and I don't think that that's a guy that you'd be counting on to start. Sal Capaccio, Extra Point Show on WGR. You also hear him on the sidelines during the Buffalo Bills season, our guest here in the sports bar. Um, Sal, as far as getting cap compliant, you brought up some of these moves, and I'm just wondering, all right, is that the last we've seen of today is White and Buffalo, other moves that could be made. Do we just kind of expect a lot of restructures here uh, for the Buffalo Bills? Would that be enough, or are there going to be some painful decisions ahead, do you think? Well, there will be some painful decisions, but there will also be restructures. And, you know, there are some candidates here. I think that you can make a few moves. Obviously, they can restructure Josh Allen. They did it last year. They can do it again. They can save a bunch of money there. You are kicking money down the road anytime you do it, and especially with a guy like Allen and his big number. But that's kind of what you do. Brandon Bean doesn't love doing it. He's said that. He doesn't, you know, love to get, you know, kick everything down the road. But, you know, you want to try and keep these core pieces together as much as you can. So they can do that. They can try to restructure Stefan Diggs a little bit. We'll see where that goes if they want to do that. I think that there are some candidates for extension that can really help you. I think Deion Dawkins. Deion Dawkins is going to the last year of his contract, and he maybe had his best season. But he's, you, know, you can restructure his contract. You can give him an extension, I should say, and add years but lower his cap money. This okay. I think we lost Sal. I think so. Still on the line there or no? Yeah, no. All right. Um, look, we, we'll try and get Sal back on here, I guess. We, great conversation with Sal, and he was right in the middle of telling us how the Bills can get out of that cap uh, turmoil that they're in here heading into the offseason. Once they learn what that cap is, I'm sure they could start to make some moves. Uh, and always appreciate Sal joining us here uh, on the Fan Rochester. Is that uh, Sal dialing back in there? Let's see. Hey, Sal, are you there? Yep, yep, I'm here. You guys, we got me back on. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened there. We've had we've had a lot of issues here. Gremlins attacking. (laughs) No problem. Um, Deion Dawkins. That's what Deion Dawkins. Yeah, yeah. He he's got one year left in his deal. You can add years onto his deal, and you can kind of lower his cap number this year. That would be one. Rasul Douglas is another one. 
Rasul Douglas is actually older than Tredavious White. But, you know, he does not come off the injury. He obviously was a really, really big, important player for you. You can extend his contract. You can, you know, lower his cap number this year. Those are things. I'm not, I'm not one to get into the Tredavious White, you know, they're going to move on from him. Now, anything's possible, of course, right? But, guys, I just think that this is a guy that they, he's a cornerstone of this franchise. They know how hard he works. I think Tredavious White has much better chance to come back from this injury than most people would, considering how hard he works what he means to the organization. You might have to do a little restructuring there, but I just don't think that they're of the mindset to do that. And in fact that you're, you know, last year before the injury, coming back from the ACL even, he was shadowing number one receivers around the field. And, you know, the, the Bills, you, if you do that, you, where are you leaving yourself at corner anyway? I mean, you might have to now think about replenishing that position early in the draft. You already have them under contract. If you move on from them, you're costing yourself money on the cap. With dead cap, you're going to eat. Yeah, you'll save some. But do you really want to eat $10 million for him not being on your team? I mean, I just don't think that's something to have an appetite for at this time. So I, I do think there's got to be some restructures. There's going to be probably some extensions. But, yeah, there's going to be some guys, maybe like a Jordan Poyer. You know, Naeem Hines is still on the books. What do they do with him? That, that could be saving money there. There are guys around the roster you can save some money with if you move on. And then, you, of course, you have the free agents that how are you going to bring them back? You know, are, you, are they really going to be able to bring Gabe Davis back even if they want? I'm not really sure. I don't think they can do that. Um, probably considering the money he might get from another team on the open market. A.J. Epinesa, an ascending player. After four years, I would think that there's a couple of teams out there that it only takes one to say, hey, we really like this guy. I mean, those are the te- Those to me are even painful decisions as well that you can't bring them back. Sal, uh, got to bring up Diggs. Got to bring up Diggs because and not to create drama and not to start any sort of speculation. We all saw the production decline and it's been you know well documented. Uh, we also know that there's a pretty big number attached to him here uh, for the next couple of seasons. What do you do if you're Brandon Bean? And you, you know we hear Brandon Bean say Steph Diggs is a number one wide receiver. Is he pumping the tires or is he still truly a number one wide receiver? You know, I... I kind of believe what he said that he believed that I believe that he believes what he said, if that makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, with him saying we need, we believe he's number one receiver. And I think the way I look at it is I believe the other part of it too, which is we got to give him help. We got to make sure that, you know, he's not the focus of all these teams when they go and play the Buffalo bills. Basically he does have a big number. I agree. He's $18.5 million, you know, in base salary. That's a $27 million, 20, almost $28 million cap number next year. That's huge. I don't know if you can really live with that, but here's the problem, guys. You can't cut them. I mean, then you're, you're, you're even eating even more than the cap hit is, which you can't do. Now, if you cut them post-June 1, now you can save money. You can save $19 million, but you know what the problem is? You're going to eat $9 million this year and 22 the following year in dead cap space. You can't do that either. So you can look at, if you want to, if you really wanted to, you could look at restructuring his deal and then trading him or just simply restructuring his deal. See if you'll take a pay cut, kicking some money down the road or just live with it. And you go and you live with it and you know, you see, you, you hope that he bounces back and has production and, and then you didn't have to, you know, use any of that money for the following years, basically. Uh, the options for Von Miller limited to live with it, right, Sal? Yeah. I mean, is there... Is there any exactly. hope in that last those last two games? I mean, you talk to people, you know, the, the injury is always a tough one to come back for, and we, we've kind of talked about how Von Miller wasn't really available, but if you get that sort of product if, in camp early on, can we imagine a training camp where the Bills have to make that painful decision, or you're just kind of stuck with it, with the, that cap figure being what it is? Yeah, there's no, there, there's almost no way you can just release Von Miller. I, I uh, even even post June one. Now the only thing that could happen, and you know, you obviously hope that you know the allegations against him aren't true or right or whatever, because those are very serious allegations. But if something were to happen on that front, there are some you know legal ramifications and contract ramifications. But let's just say that you know they're going to keep going forward here. And from a football standpoint, only guys, you just can't move on from him. I mean, even if you do a post June one cut. You're still going to eat over eighteen million, over seventeen million dollars in cap space. I mean, that's just something you can't do. You'd rather have Von Miller on your team for the money than off your team for seventeen million dollars that you're that, that he's costing you. And even though you're going to you're going to save about six to seven million, right? So, I mean, that's where you have to weigh a lot of those decisions. So, I just think that Von Miller's going to be a Buffalo Bill mm-hmm. in twenty twenty four, unless Von Miller decides he's not going to be a Buffalo Bill, or like I said, if something happens with the legal process 
which doesn't allow that to happen. And that's obviously something that we'll um, you know, keep on top of with any news that comes down over the next several months. Sal, um, I, I, I don't want to you know um, spoil the podcast, but we know you and Beauvais, and it's always game day in Buffalo, not only talk about the offseason, but very important content. Uh, you did a monthly power ranking, the month's ranked can i get uh can i get i don't know i don't want to spoil it but you know can we get a little bit of the logic behind your power rankings for the months on the calendar and i and i didn't do all 12 i actually only did my top three and bottom three and and i don't know it was very hard but i will tell you guys the worst month is february which starts tomorrow i mean come on i mean it's cold it's dreary you got the the brown snow and the black snow now look we actually have some decent weather starting february this year But like it's, you know, football season's over. The bills are done. The Sabres aren't good right now. So for the last 10, 11 years, it's been the case, right? They haven't been good. Eh, What am I doing? Syracuse basketball isn't really, I mean, last night was a horrible loss, right? So February to me, um, the one that people really, you know, I got some feedback, like, how could you say that? I had November ranked as not one of my favorite months. And it was only because November's like, it's getting colder. Um, You know, you could have a 60 degree day and then a 20 degree day, right? And then, College football starting to wind down. You get towards Thanksgiving. You're like, yeah, there's not much college football left. They're pretty much at the end of the season. That gets me sad every year. Um, you know, the, the calendars, I love Thanksgiving, but the calendars all screwed up. We're doing different things on different days at different times, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, that's part of it. And then my best month, I love, I mean, September, man. We're starting football season, yeah. right? It's great weather still outside. It's, it's the return of everything, you know, we love about football and sports. And there's still, there's, um, you got baseball still going on, the stretch run, which is really cool. And I love July and August as well. They were my, you got warm weather, training camp, golf. We're out there and enjoying base, enjoying, enjoying baseball, those kinds of things. So, yeah, that, that's, where I, that's where I leaned. And Sal, just my advice to you, what I tell Danger here, we have to be mentally tough here. You know, just but Sal's one, a Florida <laughs> guy. Sal gets yeah. it. Like, I, I'm like For you. 29 so. days. That's yeah. all, though. Yeah, it's a, short, it's a short month. But, you know, like, I, I'd be lied if I said I'm not looking forward to that first week in April when I can actually see the sun. I know we'll see the sun before the first week of April. But, God, give me that vitamin D. Get my toes in the sand, Sal. I can't wait. Oh, uh, man, I'm right with you there. The, the problem is, okay, every year, I think the same way. And that's, that's, mentally, that's right. That's what I look forward to. Every year, mentally, I look forward to March, and I'm like, all right, we're out of it. But we're really not, right? That's what gets me. Because in the back of my head, I'm like, come on, it's March. We are going to get snowstorms at some point. It's going to snow in March at some point. It's going to probably snow in April. That just happens <laughs> every year. In fact, I think our buddy Patrick Hammer over here said to me last year, I think this is right, that we have had at least a trace of snow in April, like every year for the last, like, whatever decades dude we had a frost warning for the pga championship it was mortified yeah, mortified exactly like i want yeah. another one of those whether it's the pga or we, we might be in line for an old u.s open but my gosh yes it'll happen in may too sal uh, what do you got coming up on the show tomorrow other content that people can kind of check out here well you know i'll tell you we're gonna really start diving deep into the bills you know off season here i got my free agency tracker scheduled for next week to kind of show up on the website wgr550.com you guys will share that as well and you know we could keep track of all the different things that are happening in the off season with player movement draft picks coming up all that kind of stuff friday so everybody knows we're going to talk with new university at buffalo um uh, head coach uh coach lembo and you know, really excited to see what he has in store for UB football. And of course, Coach Coach Mo went to Alabama. He's now an assistant there. But Coach Lembo is going to join us on Friday uh, on the Extra Point Show. And um, you know what? Later in the uh, month, I, actually, guys, I'll be I'll be headed to the combine at the end of February. Got the owners' meetings in March. The NFL calendar never stops. So you know, feel free to reach out, and we'll. Uh, continue talking about this stuff. can't wait and appreciate the time today sal even despite all the uh, technical issues we got through it we powered yeah, through it and we're better for that, it man guys. well we are better all right for you it. got it you got it Thanks, sal. sal there he is sal capaccio the extra point show on wgr odyssey sports sister station and of course the buffalo bills radio network as well now i'm intrigued first round pick for me in the month draft i think i'm going june june in rochester it doesn't get any better than that that's your number one that's my number one yeah, I'm I'm kind of like Sal. I think I I go September. I do love me some September. It's it's just you know you get you get to Labor Day and yeah, summer is over and it's a little bit bittersweet, but you have the anticipation of everything. And as you get towards the end of September, even more you know September October October really good fantastic. Yeah. I mean October you've got action in all four major sports and it's like get, give me more of that. I love it love me some September and October. Uh, and my third, 
Am I going June? Am I going June? I think you're going June. Am I going? I think I'm agreeing with you. I think I'm going June. Yeah, because June and then you launch into a 4th of July weekend and nobody's really doing anything there. You got Father's Day. Mm. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I don't like sales take on November. November gets... November gets high marks for me and it goes beyond Thanksgiving. I think there's still a lot of great action in the month of November. It is the slowest time though, right? Like we're entering right now. It's like, especially with call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Sabres going, eh. We even talked about Syracuse last night. You lost. You can't lose to BC. Boston College? Can't lose to BC. Just, just terrible. Just terrible. But... Uh, there's still a lot of ball left to be played. We'll we'll keep uh, tabs on how the orange progress here through the month of February. Let's get to some takes next in the sports bar. We've uh, we've got a coaching change in the NFL as well as Baltimore is going to be looking for a defensive coordinator, and Ooh. Seattle has their guy. Speaking of Baltimore, <laughs> wow, Oreo fans, wow, you got rid of the Angelos family. Mm. Looks all good now. However. Well, it, it, it can't be bad, but I, I don't think this means that you're going to be having trophies instantly, though. And also, um, got corrected on one thing yesterday, like when I went down to Cuca. And I just you know need to kind of clarify this, my take here on college sports in Rochester. All right, we'll get to uh, some takes on tap next in the sports bar. You can join us at 8664-FAN, the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman Line, 585-866-4326. Oh. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Vitaglia on 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. The Fan Rochester Sports Update. Talking night tonight in the Flower City, the Amherst hosting Syracuse. Here's head coach Seth Appert on the opponent. They're miserable, and and that makes them great, you know. And and uh, they're a hard team to play. They're big. They're heavy. Their decor is massive. They're physical. Uh, they're very structured. Uh, probably the most structured team in our division in terms of defensive style of play. It'll be Devin Levi in goal tonight for the Amherst. Don Stevens will have your call beginning at seven tonight here on the Sports Leader. Seattle, the Seahawks—they've got a new head coach. Mike McDonald is his name. He was. With Baltimore as their defensive coordinator, he's now the youngest coach in the league at age 36. That leaves just the Washington Commanders as the only team with a head coaching vacancy. The New York Jets today firing assistant GM Rex Hogan. Gene Bataglin, the sports leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan Rochester. The beer is cold and the wings are hot. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, we are both uh, excited with, with Rosie, so I uh, can't wait to be there. It's uh, kind of crazy because um, we spent a lot of time together and... Uh, we just motivate each other, and I think that's that's great to have uh, uh, some some guy who who's uh, who's on the side of your back. So 
Yeah, Yuri Kulik, Isaac Rosain, going to represent the Amherst at the AHL All-Star Game. Talking about that, that's Kulik right there. And when we were talking yesterday, Gino, with Seth Appert about what we can maybe expect in terms of a call-up or, you know, will they, the Sabres, decide that they want to replace Quinn on that line with somebody that's young like a Kulik or Rosain or if they look for a bottom six guy, what, what does that look like? But inevitably, you're, you're going to see somebody get called up from the Amherst to help, uh, you know, shoulder that loss there of uh, Jack Quinn. Well, and and I'm looking ahead here because let's just kind of say the Sabres putter along. Well, they should sell, right? Like middle stat, you you see his name. Well, if that happens, and this is a topic that has been kind of yearly, um, does that create the vacuum going up here to Buffalo? Because you want everybody kind of hanging out here and you don't want to be in the four or five seed. You want a top three seed in that division. So, yeah, I'm excited about the Amherst playoff push, but uh, what happens with the parent, um, you, you just kind of never know here. So Amherst tonight, Syracuse, I'm hoping there's a good crowd. I know in our town, when school is in, a little tough on a weeknight at some point, but it is Devin Levi. Yeah. It is Syracuse. And also the Amherst aren't home this weekend. They're up in Laval. So, mm-hmm. I mean, go on out tonight. I don't have any plans. Go check it out. Absolutely. All right, let's get some takes here. We, we got some news out of Baltimore. Yeah, the Orioles have new owners. And like, gosh, the Angelos family. Do you remember that? story of the broadcaster last year they didn't really say anything but he wasn't so pom-pommy they suspended him well, no and, he was pointing out facts yeah <laughs> you, you know suspended for pointing out facts about the baseball team yeah you're suspended well don't have to worry about it anymore um oriole fans your nightmare is over the angelos family is selling 1.7 billion mm. To private equity partners, the point person being a guy named David Rubenstein, he was running the Kennedy Center, just stepped down, fancies himself as a philanthropist, but now we're getting more details who is in this ownership group danger. According to Craig Hoffman, our buddy down in D.C., you got Cal Ripken. Okay. You've got former New York City mayor, Michael Bloomberg. No kidding. Well, he's a Hopkins grad. That's where he's from. Did okay. not know that. Uh, Michelle Kang, who is also uh, the owner of the Washington Spirit, and Grant Hill. Hmm. What's the connection with Grant Hill? I don't know. Is Any he him. from the area? Or Maybe. Is he just- I don't know. Well, that this is all good news for Oriole fans, but <laughs> let me just caution you. The rich dude re- rescues your woebegone team it, it it doesn't automatically mean success. And this is coming from somebody who wants to see the Sabres do well. And Terry Pagula spent a lot of money, hasn't gotten it right. And uh, Steve, go on with the Mets. I'm sorry, can you, can you say that second name? I, I, I just missed Steve it. Steve, go on with the Mets. Who can't Mets. even get Justin Turner. Trying to break back Justin Turner. Like, no, I'm going to Toronto, guys. We got Adam Montavino. Say it in a Baltimore accent. Adam Montavino <laughs> can't do it as well. <laughs> um, you look, I, uh, I, I get it. I don't think it automatically means that you're going to be a better organization all of a sudden because we've seen time and time again that you know it doesn't necessarily change the fortunes. I think the O's are set up, man. They're set up for. I mean, based on what we saw last year, don't you get the sense that they're set up for a nice run here for the next few years? You would think, but remember what they added last year, the trade deadline? Nothing. Like one arm, they they did squadoosh. You got to do Cincinnati, same thing. You got to do something for your fan base. I'm, so now, I'm excited because I hope that with new ownership, they've lightened uh, the load and, and loosened the leash a little bit on our buddy, Nate Rowan, who's down there in Baltimore. <laughs> Maybe we can get Nate on with us uh, on occasion just to give us a state of his life and where he is now in the bigs, uh, former Red Wings PR guy. Yeah, actually, that's a good idea because when he got the job down there, and I'm not telling tales out of school, like, hey, can you come on? No, can't do it, guys. I'm not allowed to. Really? And maybe that maybe that doesn't change, but yeah. It, but you know, if they lighten uh, lighten up a little bit, loosen the the restraints, have Nate share some some stories of his time in the bigs. I, I think it'd be fun. Maybe that happens now. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, but yeah, if if you were an Orioles fan for all those years that you were complaining about ownership, well. Be careful what you wish for. Maybe it doesn't work out in your favor. Let's see. Well, is the good news is if Cal Ripken's kind of involved and you have guys that are putting their name on it. Yeah, but you say involved. Like, how involved? Like, is Cal Ripken rolling up his sleeves 
going in every day as, as a part owner of the Orioles and, and you know, offering his input and his insight. And what is that worth in today's day and age? How, how detached has he become from the game? Is he looking at numbers? Is he looking at analytics? Is he, is he watching scout, scouting? He's is he watching still, tape? He, he, well, he, he's still, when it comes to the organization, ownership or not, he's kind of still, I would argue, the face of the organization no all time. So that's fine. If you, the way things are run, you, you can't go cheap with Cal Ripken. I would put it that way. Former player, I don't think would be all in favor of running this like, sorry, the Cincinnati Reds. We're nah, just going to do things bare bone. It's his money now, right? He's invested now. Maybe he sees things differently. Not a player anymore. Now an owner. This is his money that he's invested into it. Well, and, and you I, the, the easy thing to point to is, and it, not exactly apples to apples, but when Derek Jeter went down to Miami and, yeah, they didn't work out at all. Hmm. That didn't work out at all, and they were cheap, and, and Jeter ended out. And, of course, Jeter had no... And connection to the Marlins whatsoever. That's why the comparison isn't right. But sometimes when guys, and I don't have any indication that, that Ripken's going to take a position like that or not. What, uh, what came out of your, uh, your trip to Cuca? Oh, well, you know? first of all, the lovely beach, <laughs> lovely beach down there. <laughs> you know, one of the biggest disparities you can imagine, like, Hey, here's a million dollar home. Hey, here's poverty. That's I just, I, I will be the first to admit when you dropped the beach at Cuca on me, on Monday, when you, you said had that, no idea, I had no idea. One and two, like I didn't even put two and two together that there would be a beach on the Finger Lake, the, on on, Cuc- on Cuca Lake. I thought of the movie Real Genius, where because it's a college campus, I thought, oh, what did they do? Manufacture, create a beach somewhere on campus where the smart people got together and said, hey, we can ma- we can have a beach year round, and we can do it in a in a field house or in an auditorium, just like they did in the movie Real Genius, where they have beauticians, you know, showing up at their uh, big college party, smart people putting together, you know, do, doing smart things and creating things that you wouldn't imagine possible on a college campus, but it is an actual beach. On the lake. Actual beach on the lake. And uh, shout out to Jimmy. He is a sports bar listener. Okay, he works in the Cuca Athletics Department. And look, that commute, you would think, oh, that's that's a crazy commute. I'm like, well, he lives in Victor and drives to Penyan every day. It's what, only 45 minutes. Not too bad. Not too bad. I mean, as compared to major metros. Um, Jimmy brought this up. He, he, he said, hey, look, I heard it earlier. This, And I know he's a regular because he said, I heard something you said earlier earlier this month and he corrected me on this now this is what i love about jimmy and and those like jimmy because a lot of people will listen but they'll only half listen so they'll hear you say something or me they'll hear us say something and they'll hear what they want to hear or what they don't want to hear and then they'll throw it back in our face and it's like no 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 you're not listening to what we're saying you're missing the point of what we're saying you're taking what we said cuz you're half listening out of context and throwing it back in our face don't do that i mean look look if you're listening if you're listening go all in man yeah listen well he's not doing that no, i know that's why i love him there was a point that we and i'm trying to remember how this came up i think it was about lemoyne college some reason lemoyne was in our shot segment and i was like what is stupid Lemoyne going Division One across the board for? Why? Why bother with that? And I bring it back home. If this little tiny school in Syracuse can do it, why can't we do it here in Rochester? And I made the suggestion of elevating a team for lacrosse like Hobart did, like RIT did with hockey. Could Fisher or someone else please make that move and give us something nice? And what I missed was this, and this is what I got corrected at. Somewhere over the pandemic, the NCAA – Killed that rule. The rule that, well, gave RIT a Division I hockey team that you could pick one team to elevate to Division I. Now the rule is, hey, it's all or nothing, guys. You either have to go Division I or you don't go Division I. You can't live in between. Hmm. So that hurts, I guess, but I'm still not going to give up on this danger. If you want to go D1, okay, great. We deserve this in our town. First step. Okay, for one of our schools, we're going to do this. We need a donor. 
And believe me, there are plenty of people with money in our town. For example, and here's today's Did You Know stat here in the sports bar. The guy who founded Dick's Sporting Goods, Ed Stack. Ed Stack, native Rochesterian, Fisher grad. Come on, Ed. Ed, let's do this. Some RIT donor, let's do this. I'm happy to have this conversation with anyone offline will listen because the school that does this will own this town. Gene, you got to start pressing the flesh with some billionaires. Let's go. Let's get in the room. Let's get you in a room with some guys that have wealth that we can't imagine. Everybody would point to Galasano, but he's not going down that road. Nah. No, I like where I like where your head is at, and you're right. It would be awesome to have a Division One school in our community. I guess RIT makes the most sense, right? RIT has the endowment. They are the tenth largest private school in America. Okay, they have challenges like everybody else, but we, we've talked about this. We reported on this, like when they're old AD. Former AD, I should say, that being Lou Spiotti, uh, he was talking about bringing back football, and then the pandemic hit, and that was it. So, I feel like all of these schools, and this isn't exclusive to Rochester, this is just universities in general. Man, they make so much money that if they really, really wanted it, they could do it without the help of. They don't think like you and I and business people. It's no no offense to anybody in academia. But you're on a different clock. Decisions don't get made quickly. They're very slow. And let's form a committee and do it. Like there is a lag when it comes to making decisions like this where we see the opportunity. We see the investment. If we just did this privately, heck yeah, you're making money. You have a division one team. That's the only way they're going to do it. The only way that they would do it because let's call it for what it is. They are businesses and this would be another line to add to your bottom line. Like you would have to eventually would make your money back. You would think, but it is an investment that you would have to make in these programs that would come at the expense of some other things at the school. Unless like we were talking about earlier with, New York State and all the found money in sports wagering, yeah. you can make a little play there to the Pagoulas and be like, hey, here's some millions mi- millions and millions of dollars I'm, I'm for glad, a stadium. I'm glad you brought up Pagoulas because that guy did something for his alma. Penn State, they're Division One. What is it? They didn't have hockey. Yeah. And you need an arena. He built them one of the best arenas. Yep. $88 million. Never made it. I hear these rave reviews down there. And now Penn State men's and women's hockey, they are national contenders. And he gave something back to his school in that form. All right. So let's get Gino in a room with some billionaires. We need to hang out with more rich people. Gene.Battaglia at Odyssey.com. And you could just give me an anonymous tip, okay? Because I'm sure... There's somebody with money that has thought about this, or maybe you've been rebuffed. I've heard stories like this. I'm not going to mention which school. Eh, no, we're not going to. You know, they just don't uh, have an interest in it. No. Meryl Streep is running things at the school. You know, like, uh, sports. You have to football. Uh, football. Well, not the arts. No. Well, we're crawling with outsiders. Uh. Uh, all right, we got to get to happy hour next in the sports. Thank bar. you for letting me rant. No, I think and thank that- you, Jimmy. Thank you for listening. Thank you for fully listening, not half listening. <laughs> the half listeners drive me crazy. I love all of you, but when you're half listening and you just pick and choose the little things that we say and throw that back, nah, can do without that. Oh, look at this. Andre was listening. We referenced him earlier. Gene, I wish RIT had a team. Sign me up to coach like yesterday. I like it. I like it, Andre. Except, you know, we have to talk about your allegiance there with the Raiders. I don't know about that. But yeah, if you were the head coach of our team, we would take that. Trade that in. That'd be pretty good. Uh, happy hour next. Uh, we, we've got a change uh, in the NFL with the, the Seattle Seahawks getting their head coach. We'll talk about that. <laughs> it, it, that's a story, but I think the more fascinating story is, <clears throat> hey, Washington. Yeah. The, the stench of Daniel Snyder is a, is a hard stench to wash off. And I think that that's still a part of why they don't have their guy yet. I said this yesterday. I think it's an attractive job. Number two overall pick, new owner with money. He may just be so messed up beyond mm. our imagination. Yeah, it's worse than we could have even possibly imagined. We'll, we'll get to that and more next with happy hour. And your phone calls welcome as well. 
At 585-866-4FAN, 866-4326. Hey, happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It's me, Mike Danger, for FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 95.7 The Fan. And if you're like me, you know what Super Bowl Sunday is all about. Get that best seat on the couch, grab your favorite snacks, and play some super bets. We had PJ on with us earlier today from BetQL, sharing some of his favorite plays from the Super Bowl. Hard not to like the Kansas City Chiefs, especially as an underdog. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or even three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, FanDuel also has bets for which players will score touchdowns, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Mike to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Mike. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and physically present in New York. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. For help with a gambling problem, call one 877 hope ny or text HOPE-NY 467-369. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 